Hi, welcome to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, and joining me today is brand strategist expert, Seema. Now, she has over 10 years of global experience building successful brands. Now, today, we're going to discuss how to develop a powerful brand voice and what type of content you should share to establish yourself as an expert and how to build a supportive community, how to make your offer super clear so people can see your value, and how to create a brand experience from your website. Life is too short. Trying to run a business and balance what you love. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, a former corporate marketing drone and certified life coach turned mompreneur who got fed up with the mom guilt that comes from trying to have the perfect work-life balance. Why can't we have a fit life and a fit business? I'm here to make it easier to be your own boss and enjoy your life. Tune in every Thursday for new episodes. We're going all in with interviews with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, risk takers, coaches, and side hustlers, along with solo episodes with yours truly to provide actionable tools, tactics, processes, and even case studies so you can discover how to create, maintain, and or grow a total fit lifestyle you deserve. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Jig Podcast. Welcome to the show, Seema. Thank you so much for having me, Brittany. That was an intro. Can everybody introduce me like this, please? Can I record this? <laughs> You're so easy to introduce. When I tell you, Seema is a gold mine of knowledge. And when I say that I'm not lying, she actually has such a large library of content that it's known as Seema University. You have so much to give, and I don't want to waste any of this valuable time that you have with all of your yummy stuff. So let's just get right into it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So tell us, how do we develop a powerful brand voice when we don't have a lot of time to dedicate? It comes down to what your main purpose is, Brittany. So one thing I tell everybody who wants to develop a brand to begin with is to find your big why. So what is your grand purpose and what's the kind of difference that you're setting out to make? Because everything you do henceforth is going to tie back to your big why. Mm. And anything you do has to revolve around that. Right. Once you gain a bit of clarity on your big why, then you try and find your target audience. So who are you trying to do this for? Who are you trying to make an impact on? These big questions on your grand purpose and whom you're going to support and whom you're going to serve, these are the big two questions you need to ask. Once you have clarity on that, then you can develop the personality, the voice, and that will come down to what your brand is like. And if it's a personal brand, it has a lot to do with you as a person. So your personality transcends into your brand personality. You know what I mean? So you don't have to do excessive work in terms of developing it, but you need to be extremely clear on the impact and the people that you're trying to have an effect on. If you know who your people are, who your followers are, when you have a limited amount of time, you've got to condense everything down into what really matters. How do you condense and make that brand voice really strong and just roar? You do that by being very clear on the audience, Brittany. So if you've been in business or you have a talent or a skill or something you want to market, whatever your offer is, it's going to be for a specific person, either homeowners, homemakers, married women, married with children, stay-at-home moms, anybody, right? Mm -hmm. So you have a specific demographic that you're trying to sell to or target, right? Right. Now, 
think in their voice. Okay, you need to understand what are their struggles and pain points. What can you solve for them? How can you show up and serve them? Mm -hmm. That is something that you have to keep in mind no matter what. And mm -hmm. once you understand that, you get into their mind, their psyche, then you speak directly to them. Don't mm -hmm. overly complicate things. Don't think that to appear as an expert, you have to talk in technical jargon, that you have to spit out industry terms, and nothing like that. doesn't matter what your industry is. Talk to your demographic. So once you have a bit of pizzazz, a bit of personality, and you're talking directly at your audience, you will more than enough stand out as much as you want. It just comes down to how you're speaking to your audience. You know what? I'm very interested to see what our audience is thinking. Hey, this is our interactive segment. So if you're listening in real time, you can go to the IG stories at Total Fit Boss Chick. And we're going to have this poll question posted. Is your brand roaring like a lion or is it purring like a kitten? Because Seema is giving us a mad love with this amazing brand. We know some of these things, but just her saying it in her voice can reiterate to us what we really need to hear. So if you aren't listening in real time, guys, no worries. Just check the IG highlights for the responses and the poll questions, and you can still weigh in and see what others had to say as well. Seema, that is great. We know we need to speak to our actual person, to our brand avatar. We need to talk to the people who resonate with us. You do such an excellent job at allowing yourself to come through and weave yourself into your stories. How are you able to do that? Guys, let me just give you this little bit of background. Seema started out with cute dad jokes. She said, DM me if you wanted to know a bad dad joke. And it was so intriguing that she got responses of people saying, yeah, send me a bad dad joke. How did you come up with that? The funny thing is my goal with my Instagram page was just to showcase me mm -hmm. and my expertise and teach as much as I could. So what on the page, that's quite literally me. I've been telling terrible dad jokes since I was 15. It's a <laughs> massive part of my personality. It's just how I am. It's what I do. And people around me cringe, but that's the beauty of it. One person cringe every day. My job is done. So point being that what people think is your personal brand needs to be this professional kind of avatar where you can't showcase a few things and you know you need to hide parts of yourself. You don't need to air your dirty laundry, right? right. But you need to show your quirks, show your uniqueness, show how you talk, your mannerisms, what makes you, your passions, your afflictions, whatever you have. Everything, people want to know. They want to know what makes you unique. They want to know that you're real. They want to know that you're as weird and quirky as they are. Because you know what, Brittany? People look for themselves in other people. Yes. Anything or anyone that is too perfect or too good to be true is not only suspicious, it seems fabricated. But you know what? There's a sense of approachability when you see someone just laying it out there, right? This is me. This is the glorious mess that I am. I'm super happy. I'm super quirky. I make mistakes. I, you know, uh, when I'm speaking, I, I stutter sometimes. All of that stuff. And mm -hmm. people relate to that and they gravitate towards that. And that's what I tell everyone is that don't hide your quirks or don't try to appear perfect. Because you know what? There's no such thing. For so many years, I procrastinated and I did not do what I wanted to do because I was so concerned about appearing perfect for those people that just didn't even matter. They weren't my people. That's true. We worry so much, mine, myself included. I have my 
hangups and my sensitivities and I get shy as well. What does it matter if you're trying to make an impact on a thousand people and there's five people saying, oh, you look weird or you sound weird. Does it really matter in the grand scheme of things? Probably not. That's wonderful because that's how you built your community. Seema, I know you attribute a large portion of your growth from your amazing community. How can someone build a supportive community? So one thing is to be authentic Mm -hmm. and to be supportive. Two things. So one thing you do have to get good at if you want to build a supportive community is identifying who the community members are. So there will be key influencers in your niche. They're, they're always there. They're either five, 10 people who people always gravitate towards, who are thought leaders in the industry. Mm-hmm. So go to their pages and see who's standing out, who's commenting, who's uh, speaking up and who's showing support. And then start reaching out to them. See what their page is like, what their mm-hmm. content is. But be authentic, be supportive. If you like to tell jokes, like most of my comments, Brittany, they're jokes. We've been... <laughs> some kind of funny uh, quip or something funny on, on their comment section, but I'll always be authentic and always show support of their own content. But to build a very cohesive community, you have to make sure that you're staying to the niche and you're mm-hmm. not just reaching out to very random people just to fulfill a number. Right. Because then at the end of the day, you'll have people or followers, but they're not going to be people that you really want in your community. Those things you can't go, those things that you have to experience to know. Of course, we know you've got to show up, you've got to be authentic. But some of the things that I know personally from watching you and your journey is the fact that you showed up and you did always have some kind of really witty comment to make. I've said that to you so many times. Where do you get this? Where do you get? And then you know how to spell it. How do you know how to spell slang so perfectly? Who does that? You know, is there like a slang dictionary? Okay. How does she know how to spell that? (laughs) Me and my quirkiness. And see, this is the thing, Brittany. It doesn't matter what you say, right? It's if it's you as a person. It's very easy to identify if you're trying to be fake, if you're trying to suck up, if you're just trying to say things for the sake of saying it, Mm -hmm. rather than you actually showing up for a friend or showing up in someone's comment section and say, girl, you look smashing today, loving it, you're slaying it. Actual authentic support. Doesn't matter what the post is about. If you can actually resonate with the post, show support on the post and show respect as well, that's what people take away from it. They see you as a supportive person rather than someone who's just trying to suck up in their comment section or trying to get visibility. I could not agree with you more. How do you make your offer super clear so people can actually see your value and the content that you post and the things that you say? Your offer is going to come down to what your skill set is and what you like to do as a person. And if you see that there is any potential to market that offer. Right. So the offer will come down to that, the actual shaping of the offer, how to make it clear to the public that will come down to your content strategy. So once you know what your target audience is, you know, what they like, what they don't like, how they spend their day, how they spend their money, their pain points, what they stay up thinking about, all these things. You have a full person Mm -hmm. and to identify those and you have your offer, which seeks to rectify these pain points, seeks to address these pain points directly, what you will do is you will sell the transformation. Mm -hmm. Whatever your offer is going to solve for your audience, that is what you're going to create your content around. And once you do that, Brittany, then your offer becomes crystal clear. 
because then you're not talking about the features or benefits of your offer. You're talking about what it can do for your audience. So for the audience who knows absolutely zero about what you do or how you do it, all they see is how it can help them, how you can serve them, how you can show up for them. So when you make your messaging all about them, your target audience, that is when that offer, what you stand for, and your brand as a whole becomes completely clear. Yes, yes. You know what I'd like to do? I'm going to put you on the spot on this. Say we have somebody that has a course that they want to sell. We have a lady who is a very fantastic mom, but she feels frustrated. She's extremely busy. She wants to be able to spend more time with her family. She doesn't know what she wants to do yet, but she knows that she has a journey she wants to take. Similar to you had a journey. You wanted to get your voice out there and find a creative space in your expertise. We're going to give her a name. What do you want to call her? Let's call her Stacy. So Stacy wants to come home. She wants to sell her course of her journey. How do we do that? Okay. So to Stacy, I will say, first of all, congratulations. Stacy. honestly, Brittany, that's the first step. Actually, getting clarity on what you want to do is the very first step. So you have to ask yourself a few questions on what you want to do, why, what are you good at, what's your skill set, what are your credentials, what do people think of you, what do your friends and family think, what can you offer the world? That's the very first question that she has to ask. Mm -hmm. So when she nails that down on, okay, let's say that all of her friends and family have always come to her for relationship advice. That is something she's good at, but she doesn't know she's good at it. She just thinks that, oh, this is something I've done. I think this is something I can offer. So the second thing is to go out and check demand. So she has to go online. She has to go to Facebook groups, forums, and see what kind of questions are being asked. Is there demand? for relationship advice. And again, within relationship advice, is it for males? Is it for females? Is it for divorcees? Is it for seniors above 60? Who is it for? So she can narrow that down even further to get that niche and target audience. So let's say that she is good at relationship advice, but for teenagers. Yes. That would be very different from relationship advice for married men or married women. So she will have a particular expertise. So let's say she answers that question that, okay, I'm better at giving advice to women who are in their thirties and Mm -hmm. looking for love or unmarried, for example. Yes. So she's found her, what she's good at, her passion, possibly her offer. Mm -hmm. Then she's found her target audience, which are women in their thirties who are unmarried. So she's found her target audience. Now she's okay, I want to do something for these women and something relationship related. Now let's see what people are saying. So number one, quick Google search. That's our best friend. She (laughs) types in something in in the lines of uh, relationship advice for women in the 30s. Okay. That's going to tell her a lot of what, what is being asked. And I specify Facebook groups because there are so many of them. So when it comes to Facebook groups, there are many sub-niches. I would suggest in this case, looking for female, 30s female Facebook group or 30s female relationship advice, 30s female, ask women anything, something along those lines. That is the type of group or forum that she wants to be a part of. Okay. Now, once she's a part of these forums, the main thing she's going to check for is what is being said. So what kind of questions are people asking? What kind of questions are the women asking? What are their biggest pain points? 
when it comes to relationship advice, it's not about the individual piece of advice, right? It's about their larger pain point. Anyone who's in their 30s and unmarried, what is their largest pain point? Is it finding a husband? Is it being tired of jumping from relationship to relationship? So on a very high level, right? Identifying trends and identifying these four or five major pain points that these women would have. Identifies that, not just from the group, from her research in general. When she identifies that, what she'll do then is then start creating content. Okay, okay so what kind does she create? So now <laughs> she has her offer clear, right? So she's yes. found out what those four or five pain points are. She knows who her target audience is. And now her offer is clear because everything she offers will go directly to the heart of their pain point. So let's say one of their pain points is finding a husband. Yes. So one of the pieces of content, one of the pillars that she will create content for would be the, right, the five signs you need to look for in a potential husband or five signs that tell you that he is husband material. Ooh, okay. Five signs that, or five places that you can find long-term relationships in real life, something like that. So husbands or finding husbands is one pillar. And gotcha. around this one pillar, you can create infinite pieces of content. But this content needs to address and answer that pain point. Okay? Gotcha. Just like this, whatever four or five pain points that she identifies in that group or from her research, every single pillar will have infinite pieces of content. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Then what's going to happen, Brittany, is that eventually, as she continues creating content after content, she eventually gets seen as an expert because she has the answers. She's been creating content about this. People are reaching out about this. She says that this is her offer, that, look, I help you find a husband when you're 30. And she is talking about this consistently. So eventually, people are going to start contacting her. I love how we just walk through that. So what does she put? on her website so the website would be number one what is your core offer so on the top fold which is the first half of the website it needs to show what it is exactly that you do so in stacy's case we're going to take the husband example we're going to say i help women in their 30s find their soulmate <laughs> along with a lovely picture of herself because showing up is very important show your faces guys Show that on your website, along with a little walkthrough on how you do it and get some social proof. So social proof is showing proof that you've solved this issue for other people. So testimonials, any case studies that you've done, any other clients that you've worked with. If you have those, showcase those. Say you're just getting started. You don't have testimonials yet. You don't have a case study yet. Let's tell yeah. Stacy how to do this because she's just getting started. Yeah. I feel you, Stacey, because we've all been there. The main thing that I tell everyone who's just starting out is to be transparent. Be as transparent and as giving as possible. So this means full disclosure. Number one, you can show the exact process of how you make this happen. So on your website, right below where you show what you do is how you do it. So let's say number one, you contact me. Number two, we create a profile for you. Number three, we map out exactly what your three-month plan is. Number four, I give you exercises to do. Number five, I tell you where to go, how to do it. Basically, a step-by-step. -step. Yes. So you have to give as much information as possible that points to transparency. 
Yes. Gotcha. So guys, just to reiterate what she just said, which is amazing. If you don't have social proof yet, you show your steps, you tell what you're going to do or how you're going to do it. And you, of course, are the element that's going to put it all together. Exactly. And if you have any kind of email list or if you have an Instagram account or if you have any kind of account that has a high subscriber base or if you have any kind of follower base, you can put that there as well. Let's say I have 7,000 people following me or I have uh, 14,000 people on my email list. That also is a number that shows that hey, she knows what she's talking about. She has people following her. And if you have any certifications or any kind of approval seals, like from industries, ISO, any kind of, I don't know what kind of certifications are there for matchmaking or something like as seen on eHarmony or whatever. They have courses or, you know, eHarmony certified, something like that. So anything that shows that you have some kind of merit or clout. Say there's somebody out there that is just killing it in her space and she wants to guest post for them. How can she reach out and what can she provide to that larger influence in order to gain some traction there? Oh, I love it. So this is a visibility tactic, which is a very important one, actually, because in this day and age, long form content, which is blog posts and articles, is very effective. And people are consistently looking for people to create content for them. So the dual effect of this is number one, exposure for you. And number one, it's backlinks for SEO. So if the website is willing to give you a backlink, that's a very good sign because that means that a high authority website is giving you a backlink to your website, which is a good thing. Yes. How to approach this? This will come down to which website it is and what their rules and regulations are. So almost all websites that have blogs, they have contact information, right? Yes. Either like a general info email or the name of an individual or there has to be some contact. So email them, introduce yourself, say hello, and be as non-spammy, non-salesy as possible. Be authentic and say, hey, I really like the work that you're doing. I loved XYZ article, loved what you did there, and I would love to contribute. Here are some samples of my work. Attach them just so they can see if your brand voice aligns with theirs. Right. And say, I would love to contribute a guest blog or guest post for you if we could work together in some shape or form. Gotcha. So what about on social media? If you wanted to do a guest post for somebody using social media and say it's not a blog post or an article or anything like that, say it's just on Instagram or on Facebook. So I'll speak from personal experience here, Brittany, because I've done guest posts and I've gotten requests as well. So I'll tell you what not to do. What you shouldn't do is just point blank, ask them out of nowhere, hey, I want to do a guest post. That's a big no-no. Don't do that, right? Gotcha. The thing that works best, in my opinion, is developing a relationship first. So any account that's going to be big that has a wide audience will be extremely busy right? Yes. So before you reach out to them, the best thing is to look at their content they're working on, interact with their content, leave very meaningful comments, and show that you care about their content. No matter what their size is, usually if you interact for long enough, and I'm talking over weeks, I'm not even talking over days, over a few weeks, when you interact with their content, you get on their radar, okay? Once you get on their radar, after a 
interacting for a while, then send them a friendly DM. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the DM should be introductory. Say, I really love the kind of work that you do. I've enjoyed this particular post and I love what you're doing. I really appreciate your work. That's it. Leave it at that. And then continue interacting with their content. And by that time, they will, will have warmed up to you. They, you probably have exchanged some banter here and there. Then you can DM them again and say, I would really, I love the work that you do. And I think that our ideas really align. I would love to do a guest post for you. This is the idea that I have. Would you be willing to consider? In the nicest way possible. But show some investment. Show so one big mistake I see a lot of people making that send me requests is they're nowhere to be seen ever. I've never seen them before. I don't know who they are. And I know everybody who comments. Oh, I do. I do. I know everybody who comments. So if they've commented on my page, I know who they are. So if someone out of the blue sends me a DM saying, hey, I want to do a guest post. My first question is, okay, who are you? And why haven't I seen you before? If you love my work so much, if you like my page so much, then why haven't you looked at any of my work? And it's, honestly, it's an innate thing where you want to feel as if someone likes your work and wants to contribute, right? You're inviting someone into your home, onto your page. Yes. Yeah, it's really dating. You just don't, you just don't yeah. like, hey, hi, my name is Stacy. Buy me a car. Give me a ring. Be my husband. What? Ain't nobody got time for that. That's the thing. So if someone interacts with your content to start with, They've commented very faithfully, regularly for a while. They've been supportive. They've been there commenting every day so that they're in for the long haul. They're actually legitimately, they like your work. And that's what I like to see in people who would potentially guest post is that number one, our thoughts and ideas align. And number two, that they're serious. They're not just there for the visibility, although we know that they are. They actually care about my material. They care about branding. They care about my audience. They care. So it's not a one-off, oh, I just want to be seen by your audience. It's more, I love what you do. I care about what you do. And I support you. That's the main thing. Yes. I think that's awesome advice. And I love that it's coming from you because you actually have done it and you've received it from both ends. You've done the same. So what do you think in terms of being the most effective when you have, again, a limited amount of time? What do you think as far as reaching out to people? So when you're trying to, when you're trying to grow and you're building that community and you want to build people that are below you and above you, and of course, at the same level as you, how do you stay engaged when you have, again, a limited amount of time? How do you spread yourself without spreading yourself too thin? Okay. So if time is limited, what I would suggest is pick 20 accounts. So pick five that are big accounts, big influencers. Okay. So this could be 50K plus, 30K plus, pick a number okay. that are huge. Okay. Then pick Five that are fast growers, people who are growing very quickly. That means that they are doing something right. Yes, like you were a fast grower. <laughs> you are a fast grower. Yeah, there are many accounts that for some reason, the algorithm has detected a lot of activity and that it's giving them a bump for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So you want to see what they're doing and you want to get on their radar as well. And then you pick five to 10 people who are at varied sizes. So 10 to 15, 15 to 30. So that covers your lower bracket so someone who's smaller than you that covers your same bracket which could be the same size as you and that covers your fast growers so getting on the algorithms radar 
and that covers your big creators. So the big creators is where you get maximum visibility, usually. Yes. So make a list of 20 accounts and then at least two or three times a week, comment on their posts. It doesn't have to be every day if you can't do every day. That's fine. But the key is to show up regularly enough where they know who you are. It may take a little bit longer, but it's showing up regularly. Exactly. And showing up, I don't mean only the comment section. I also mean the DMs. You like their stuff. Comment on their stories whenever they post. React to their stories. So be active, right? Develop actual relationships with them. And I say only 20 because with a limited time, even 20 might be a stretch. But the more you can do, the better. At the end of the day, it is a numbers thing. The more accounts you interact with, the more you show up everywhere. But you have to keep your sanity as well. Don't sacrifice your mental health just for Instagram. You you have to understand that. Yes. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you into our mentoring moment segment. Yes. So this is just where I ask you a question and just to give us a bit more that goes deeper into who you are and just your thought process and as a mentor. And what we'd really like to know, or what I'm going to ask you, again, it's just a random question, but share some of your wisdom with us, Seema, please, because you have so much to give. But what would you do different? What would you do differently if you knew what you knew now? five years ago. Oh man, five years ago? Yes. Okay. You know what I would do, Brittany? What would you do? I would stop caring about what others thought. Oh yeah. I think as women particularly, we make this massive mistake because we have so many people to answer to. We have our parents when we're growing up and we have boundaries. And once we get older, there's a security issue because men and women are different and then you get your education and then there's this pressure of okay is she going to get a career is she going to get married what is she going to do so I feel like a lot of decisions that we make aren't because they're in the best interest for us but we feel like we're supposed to follow a certain path yes yes I agree Yes. And if this is only five years ago or 10 years ago, but I do feel like a big chunk of our lives goes into, okay, so what are they going to say? Is this the right path for me? Am I supposed to do that job? Should I actually date or marry that person? Should I have another child because the parents are pressuring us now? Society is pressuring us now. You need. Yes, yes, just do. You. <laughs> Who saw this pandemic coming? Times are changing times are limited okay life is too short what i say is eat that donut surprise <laughs> don't worry live that life and, yes and follow what you think is we all have our passions we all have our skills we all have that spark there's that x factor we all have but for some reason or the other we suppress it because we feel like uh no but this has no money making potential no but this is just a hobby or i actually don't have to, time for hobbies anymore or I have kids now, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Beyond that, look beyond that. See that if it's something that makes you truly happy, then go for it. Oh, People yeah. are gonna talk anyway, whether you do it right or you do it wrong when you do it right. Oh, that's amazing advice. I love it. I love the way you put that all together. Seema, you are just awesome. And I know everyone will want to connect with you. So please let us know how we can reach out to you. Of course, I know how to reach out to you. There are two ways you can reach out to me. One is on Instagram. My handle is Seema Batavia. 
and I have a website, which is seemabatavia.com. Either of those are fine to reach out to me, send me a DM. I love my DMs. And I have a question and I'll be extremely happy to guide you in whichever direction you seek in life. Because you know what? Ain't nobody got time to waste. So really happy to help people in whichever way I can. As always, thanks for listening. And if you got value out of the show, please show us some love and rate us by going to ratethispodcast.com backslash Total Fit Boss Chick. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Bye for now.